to the Delia Folk Podcast. I'm your host, Delia Folk. I work on the buying team at a luxury retailer and also have a blog, DeliaFolk.com. Today, I'm speaking with Eleanor Turner, co-founder and chief creative officer at the brand Argent. She went to college at SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, where she majored in fashion design. Prior to co-founding this functional workwear company, Eleanor worked as a designer at Isaac Mizrahi, Tommy Hilfiger, Tori Birch, and J. Crew. Make sure to watch this episode on the Style That Binds Us YouTube channel to better get to know Eleanor and I. You will get to see some Argent clothing and different hidden details it contains, and also the inside of the Argent office, which is where the episode was filmed. So let's start from the beginning. Tell me where you're from and walk me through your career path. Yeah, so um, I grew up in southwestern Virginia in a very small town called Lynchburg. You know, kind of growing up there, I always knew I wanted to get out, go to the big city um, and be in fashion. And so um, I, I studied fashion design at SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. I moved up to New York after I graduated and started working um, as a sort of design assistant collection liaison for Tom. Tommy Hilfiger, which was really awesome because it was such a it was such a multifaceted experience. Um, I was working on the collection, which is sort of like an extension of PR and marketing, and so I worked very closely with PR, international marketing, international PR, um, advertising, um, design, development, production, and coordination of the show. Um, it was such a fun experience, and then after. After that, I, I mean, I studied fashion design. So after that, I got a job briefly working as a designer for a small menswear startup where I was traveling to China a lot and um, doing a lot of international tra uh, travel. And that was really fun. And again, like a great experience. After that, I got a job working as a, a designer for Tory Burch. And then following that, designer for J. Crew. Um, and that was at, I guess, about the eight year mark. And I got the entrepreneurial itch to start something new. And um, that's when we started Argent. Okay, so how did you know it was the right time to start a company? Yes. How did you get involved with Sally, your business partner? Yes. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, I think, you know, working in corporate fashion is one sort of aspect of the fashion industry. Um, I have a, a, an entrepreneurial family. My dad's an entrepreneur. My great-grandfather was an entrepreneur. He um, owned uh, textile mills and um, held government contracts for... Uh, outfitting all of the railroad workers um, back in like the 40s and 50s. So I always had that sort of in my blood, I think, which is strange because I didn't really know it until later in life, all my family history. Um, but it was always there. And I think, you know, in the retail environment we're seeing today, sort of started to see the writing on the wall of like what was going on in, in corporate fashion and um, was really thinking about making the move to start my own company even before I met Sally. But when a mutual friend of ours introduced us, she was like, I really want to do this women's work apparel company. Um, and 
we went shopping together and I saw the opportunity and the lack of options and just the kind of horrifying state that it was in. Um, I knew that we could do something so fun and like turn it on its head and, you know, obviously have a lot of fun with color and, um, and play with functionality. And so that was the, uh, that was the cat, that was the light bulb moment of like, okay, we're going to do this. So, yeah. So then how does it go from idea to actual product and company? Yes. So it's a, it's a, it's a long process. Um, but, you know, we had several conversations about it. And I think that my background as a designer, my aesthetic really lends itself well to like an approachable product. And so it really wasn't a crazy jumping off point for me as far as like designing these clothes. But the other step is actually getting them made. Um, so you can have an idea, but they, everybody will say it's all in the execution. Um, and it's true. Uh, so we, you know, I had to find manufacturing partners here. I had to find sample makers, pattern makers that would, um, help develop the clothes with me. And we had to solidify production partners and make sure the quality was right and find the fabric, which is, you know, probably the most challenging and the most important part of it all. Um, so it, it took a long time to kind of develop that, but, uh, we eventually, um, landed on some really great partners and they've been with us since the beginning and they're really excited about where we're going. Great. Yeah. So walk me through the design process starting and including lead times. Yeah. Okay. So typically, and especially at my, my old companies, we were working on year, a year ahead of the season, um, which is a long time to be designing for something something that is going to be in stores a year from now. What, how are you, how do you know this is the thing that they're going to want to buy? Um, so typically you started a year Argent because we're, um, we're trying to be a little bit leaner with our lead times. We're trying to affect change closer to when it's going to be going to market um, and really listening to our customers a lot. Uh, so we're we're probably at like a six to eight month lead time on development. So we'll start a season. We'll um, find the inspiration, which oftentimes is you know, for me, since our collection is so centered around our customer, we live in the real world and we, we sort of find inspiration, um, from this person and her everyday life. And a lot of times it's just the, the atmosphere of the, um, you know, the world around us. So we'll find that inspiration. We'll hone, hone in on it and, um, begin development, and, and finding fabrics, that's really the first step is sort of like you got to nail down your inspiration and then you got to nail down your fabrics and start sampling the clothes and the garments. And um, and we get to try all kinds of things that, that are super fun. So like, you know, that, that center around our design ethos of functionality. So we get to try like microfiber pockets for cleaning your glasses or your iPhone screen. And um, we're working on sort of... I'll say zip out functionality of the blazers and, um, just really thinking around those, those, uh, those things that we can solve for this woman and, and developing those. And how have you gotten to know your customer? So the best part about being so lean as a startup is that Sally and I really are doing 
we wear many hats. And so that means we get to travel um, to events that are in our pop-ups in San Francisco or DC or even here. And we get to meet these people. You know, we've developed really cool friendships and communities in all of these cities. And um, it keeps us really close to the customer and it keeps me sort of I love styling them and working with them in the dressing rooms and seeing how the things are fitting. And it it really informs everything, every part of the design process for me. So, yeah, it's cool to it's cool to be so close to them. And then color scheme. What does that look like? Yeah, that's my favorite part. I mean, all time favorite part of of this is obviously getting to know our customer and really talking to her about what she needs and solving her problems, but also doing it in an exciting way and incorporating color because I think for so long this niche market has been all about boring, beige, gray, black, navy, like navy's like a stretch in some cases. Um, and so, you know, the fact that we're able to use so much color is really exciting for me. And um, so I start with, with sort of looking for color stories either in art or um, or television or anything that I find that's really interesting and we sort of build out from there I know behind you you can see this like hot pink color coming for spring so it's really exciting um, and the color I'm wearing today this lapis blue you know we just sort of pick that one standout color for the season and um, and build a palette around it so yeah it's cool so do you have collections? And if so, how many a year? Yeah. So we right now um, drop two main collections. It's a spring and it's a winter mm -hmm. or an autumn, fall. And then we do two smaller drops within, or well, one smaller drop within that. So there'll be like a main season. And then a couple of months later, we'll drop a smaller collection just to kind of like build upon that, um, that whole season. And how many pieces make up the collection and what are those pieces? Yeah. So anywhere, so we launched our first collection. We had, I think 12, 13 styles. Um, and those really remain a part of our core program. Um, the crossover blazer is sort of our go-to standout piece. Um, it's, it's really cool, structured, great fabric that's sort of stretchy, but it still maintains a lot of that structure that you look for in a blazer. So that is, uh, is a standout piece for us. Um, and all of the blazers have these great pockets. So you can see my little microphone is threaded through my earphone channel, but this is the um, iPhone pocket that we have engineered into the clothes so that you have a place to put your phone um, and you don't have to mess with it in your back pocket and sit on your phone and have it go all over the place. And then place for pens and pencils and lipstick over here. And uh, we have pants to go back to all of the blazers that have really cool innovations in them. Um, we have some... some uh, blouses that have an elastic cuff band in the cuff so that when you push it up on your arm it stays um we have a jumpsuit the jumpsuit's also like a fan favorite where you don't have to take the whole thing off to use the restroom so we have been really thoughtful around and um sort of engineering these details into the clothes season over season um 
And I think that those are just a few of the standout pieces that we did in our first season. But moving forward, we are probably around the same ratio of, of um, you know, blazers, pants, dresses. It, it varies, really. And it, and it also really uh, varies because we want it to feel right. Like we want it to feel right for this woman. So if we feel like she's not going to wear a dress this season, you won't see that many dresses that season. And if she, you know, is going to be wearing full suits, then we're going to go for the full suit. And that recently has been our, our big thing. So, yeah. So you hinted on this a little bit earlier, but what fabrics and innovations are you most excited about? Oh my gosh. Um, so fabrics are, it's really exciting to see what's happening with the fabric industry um, and fabric mills developing more functionality into weaves and into the fabrics. Um, and so we do a number of things. We do Coolmax, which um, is one of our suiting fabrics. It feels like a traditional suiting, but it behaves like a performance fabric. So it, it wicks sweat, it breathes, and it actually temperature regulates. So based on your body temperature, it will actually adjust itself to keep, to balance out your body temperature. So, um, that's a really cool one. We've got like great, uh, breathable Turkish cottons, um, in sort of more structured blends. Um, we've got wickable and breathable shirting fabrics. I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's so exciting to be able to use these fabrics. Um, and then there was a second point here question. Innovations, Innovations like in the pockets yes, and yeah. everything. My favorite one this season. So we had a customer write in and she's like, I wear glasses and I never know what to clean them on. And so we kind of took that in house had a brainstorm session and we ended up with microfiber pockets, which you can literally pull them out and clean your glasses with them. Yeah. So you can clean your glasses or your iPhone screen with these and then you just push it back in. Wow. And there you go. You never have to worry about, you know, cleaning it on your shirt right. or whatever you, yeah. And how did you learn to start and grow a business? Is this something that you inherently knew how to do? Was it learning? <laughs> there is always a learning curve for sure. Um, I mean, when you're starting a business, you know, people can tell you their experience and they can tell you, oh, this is going to be hard or, you know, here are some watch outs. But you really don't. You just never can anticipate um, certain things. But that's like sort of the fun of it, right? Like it's... It's a, it's a challenge, but it's, it's a welcome challenge. I think for anybody who's willing to take this plunge, you have to be really willing to accept that it's going to be a challenge and it's going to be a learning process. But I think honestly, um, you know, it's twofold for me, my family, like I said, my dad was very entrepreneurial. So he sort of, I think that mentality sort of trickled down towards me where it's like, you never make you never take excuses and you just kind of like push through and you find a way to do things. And so that for me is, it's just part of my, just part of who I am. Um, and then secondly, my experience at Tommy Hilfiger, I, I mean, it was a lean team there and, 
yes, that's a big company, but it was sort of a startup within a big company. And it was sort of very, you know, lean and, and we had to kind of be resourceful and figure out how to do things and, um, you know, move things forward, move the needle forward. And I think that that, that experience, um, it was really multifaceted for me and it gave me a lot of experience for like PR, marketing, advertising. I mean, all of those things are so important in a business. Um, and having those experiences, um, helps me not only with design, but other areas of the business and, and, uh, you know, how to translate that into a brand. So, yeah. And then how do you determine price point? Yeah. So that's all based on margin. Um, we're direct to consumer, so we do not wholesale. We don't go through any other channels other than our e-commerce website and our, um, pop-ups and the New York showroom, of course. But we, we sort of have to, you have to look at your costs. You have to look at, um, the cost of your fabric, your trims, all of that. Um, and, and obviously we have to make some money to keep running the business. So, um, that's sort of how we, how we do the math and make it all work. And in the beginning, how did you find factories and fabrics to work with? Yeah. Um, so in New York, there are showrooms that carry um, collections, fabric collections from all around the world. Um, so you can, you know, you can show up or you can make an appointment and, and go look through the fabrics and pull the ones that feel right for for your specific collection. I mean, early on, I got help through a friend who was uh, running production for another company here in, in town. And she recommended a few people and sort of helped me make connections that way. And then there's um, Premier Vision, which comes to New York, I think twice a year and then is in Paris twice a year where you can, you know, that's sort of a resource where you can go and pull fabrics and stuff. Um, and as far, and you can find manufacturing partners there as well, but, um, our manufacturing partner came through a recommendation through, um, another network connection. And I think networking is the most important part of starting a business. Really. It's like, you just never know who, you know, until you start asking. And it's pretty incredible. The people that can come out of the woodworks with when you need the, when you need the help and support, they're there. And what would your day to day look like? I'm sure it's not a <laughs> typical day yes. in any way or week, but what are some of the tasks that you're doing throughout a week? Yeah. So anything, literally anything. Um, sometimes I will have showroom appointments, so I will be working with customers here. Um, I'll make pulls based on what they do for a living and um, what their needs are for their wardrobe. And I'll be working with them and style, styling them. Um, and I can be at the factory doing quality control with my um with my production lead here, or I can be, you know, in design meetings or on PR phone calls or, um, you know, strategizing for certain, you know, needs of the business with Sally. Um, and given that she's in San Francisco, we're on the phone a lot. Um, so taking calls and running around and traveling sometimes going to DC to do events. So it's definitely never one day is never, uh, never sort of the same as the next. Um, but that's what keeps it fun and exciting. It's never boring. <laughs> so how would you describe your role as chief creative officer? Yeah. So, um, basically it sounds like what I just told you is like, you kind of are just doing a lot, but I think, um, my role, you know, 
I'm responsible for like the visual portion of the brand and the product, the, the product that we put out on behalf of the brand and sort of how the brand looks to everyone. Um, and so, you know, I'm in charge of, um, developing, setting direction for the collection, figuring out the colors, um, you know, how we're going to shoot it, do a ca- doing campaign shoots and strategizing with our photographer and our stylist and, you know, talking to them about how the brand should, should look, uh, for the next season. And, um, and not just that, but, you know, Sally and I, we, we definitely have different responsibilities that we oversee, but we're constantly talking and we're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other and, you know, sort of influencing each other's sides of the business. We're complete opposite personalities because we like took personality tests. And the woman who did the test said, if you can be in a room for more than five minutes, it's a miracle of God. So she and I have complete opposite personalities, but it's so great because there's really not a whole lot of overlap and we can bounce each other, bounce ideas off of each other and then move forward in the direction that we need to. Um, and so I think that that is a really cool thing. It's like when you're looking for a co-founder, that is the thing you want to look for is somebody who doesn't have your skills necessarily. Um, and so, yeah, that's sort of my role as, as chief creative officers, just being the creative. Yeah. And where is Argent today and what does the future of the brand look like? That's a great question. So where Argent is today, so we're, we're a year and a half old, believe it or not. Um, we launched in June of 2016. And so we're really small. Um, we're really lean. We're probably about seven people uh, nationally. And so the future is bright. The future is really bright. And so I think I see us, you know, exploring the pop-up model and really rounding out what our retail presence is going to look like over the next forever. Um, and I see us really being the go-to resource for women, um, that work, you know, who expect more out of their clothing and, you know, want to, be able to derive confidence from their clothes and be able to get in there and negotiate raises and take their seat at the table and crash through the glass ceiling. Like I see us as being that resource for women everywhere. Um, so yeah. And what about working in the fashion industry was enticing to you? It's funny, you know, I used to, when I was young, um, I used to, draw people and what they were wearing. And I would always describe what they were wearing. And I think as I got older, growing up in a small town, you know, it's like, okay, when are we getting, when when is it time to get out of here? You know? So, um, thinking about just my own personal interests and liking to work with my hands and, you know, having this sort of affinity for color and pattern and texture and all of that really lent itself well to fashion design. And so I, I always wanted to move to New York. That was like my dream was like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to be a fashion designer and we're moving to New York. So, or Paris, it was Paris for a little while in there too. But I think, yeah, I ended up in New York and thought the rest is history. How did you choose the name of the brand, design the logo and the website? Yeah. So, um, 
It's uh, so Argent is actually a word that we took from Sally's family history. Her great grandfather was also an entrepreneur um, and he had a lumber company um, named Argent Mill. And when we were looking at the word, it was really interesting for like a women's brand because it felt strong. It also means silver or money in French, which parallels with the working woman. Um, and the reason he actually named his company that is because it was short at the top of the alphabet and easy to pronounce. And so anytime he was on a list, he was first or he was at the top. And so we thought that that was like really smart. And uh, we just liked the word. It didn't seem like, you know, you didn't hear about any other brands being named this and it felt strong and it felt like it paralleled our customer. And so we, we chose that one. And as far as the logo and the website design, we did work with somebody on the logo, but the, the way that we came about that logo is because we were, we really wanted this brand to start a conversation and we made the realization that, um, that punctuation was always the beginning or the end of a conversation or a sentence. And so they took that cue and they designed the, the logo mark, the Argent logo mark with a period and a backslash. So you can actually create it on your keyboard, uh, which sort of felt like the conversation that we were trying to start and, and communicate and communication sort of stood for communication. So, um, yeah, same, same with the website. We, we worked with the firm to, to realize our vision for that. And it's a, all it's ever changing. Yeah. And growing up, did you always say one day I'm going to have my own company? <laughs> How did that, did you always want to have a company? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, but, but like I said, like it's sort of in my blood. So it came out later in life. I don't think I grew up saying like, I'm going to own my company one day, but, but I did, I think just through growing up and, and working in the industry for 10 years, um, you know, and then sort of realizing that, um, it was time to, it's time to start something that wasn't out there. Um, I had lots of great experience and, and I had lots of opinions. And so this was the time. Um, and, and yeah, it just was in, in my blood, I guess. Thank you for listening to the Delia Folk Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Delia Folk Podcast channel so you won't miss an episode. While you're there, leave a review letting me know what more you want to learn about or any feedback you have. Follow along on my adventures on social media channels at Delia Folk is my handle. Until next time.